Hi, I'm Dan Gordon. Next Level Success requires you to expand your business consciousness. Transformational marketing is all about evolving you and your business at the same time. Are you ready for Next Level Success? You're going to find out here. At transformationalmarketing.guru, listen, evolve, grow. Let's begin. Hey, what do you do for a living? How many times have you heard that question in social situations, networking events, business meetings, dinner parties, waiting in line at the grocery store, a million places? What do you do for a living is the ultimate go-to that people use in their first attempt to open up a dialogue with someone new. What's really interesting about that question is what it actually means. Ironically enough, people asking, what do you do for a living, has nothing to do with their actually wanting to know what you do for a living. The question has a unique subtext to it. What people are really saying is, I hope the answer is something that's interesting to me. In other words, they're not opening up a dialogue with you to collect data on the various aspects of your business or your life. They're just hoping for an interesting and stimulating conversation. They want to be entertained. Their question is actually a statement, which is, tell me something about you that I'll find interesting. So the real question here is, how do you make sure your answer is interesting? One of the keys to promoting what you do is to engage your audience at all times, which is why giving people the direct answer to the what do you do for a living question isn't engaging. It's boring. What do you do for a living? I'm in marketing. Oh, uh, well, what kind of marketing do you do? I do all kinds of marketing. <sighs> Can you see how this is going nowhere it's a dead-end conversation, and the last thing you want in opening up a dialogue with someone is hitting a dead end. So then, how are you supposed to answer when someone says, what do you do for a living? Well, you don't. You don't answer it, really? Yeah, don't answer. Instead, you turn the conversation around. Here's what I mean. When I'm out networking and someone says, what do you do? I redirect them. I make a joke. Me? I'm a professional troublemaker. It gets a little laugh. And while they're chuckling, I slip in there and ask them what they do. Now, do they care I didn't answer their question about myself? No way. They're delighted. At networking events, people are always ready to start talking about themselves. The strategy here is that while they're off pontificating about their business, I get to learn more about them. I get to see if doing business with them is in my best interest. If they just graduated college and they're at the event looking for a job, I know to wrap it up and move on. But if it looks like it might be a good fit, then I've already established myself as credible by asking first about them. The minute you show real interest in someone else, in their minds, your IQ level gets bumped up another 50 points. They're thinking, hey, this person's interested in me, they must be pretty smart. By putting the question back on them, you're establishing some credibility. You're giving them something they want, your focus. 
This strategy has an added bonus, too. While they're talking, you have time to relax into the conversation. You can formulate your own little plan of what you're going to talk about if you think that there's a good connection to be had here. By allowing the other person to speak first and showing genuine interest in them, and notice I said genuine interest, you can't fake it here, you have the key to opening up a pleasant dialogue and setting the foundation for a trustworthy business relationship. Establishing yourself right away as trustworthy is so important. Remember, people won't do business with you just because you're selling a product they need. There's tons of people selling what you sell. People only buy from you when they feel comfortable and believe that you have their best interest in mind. For example, anybody can sell tires, but the thing that's going to drive your customers to buy from you, as opposed to your competition, isn't being the cheapest tire store in town or the most well-informed tire store in town. It's their belief that you alone have their best interest in mind. When you've asked them all sorts of questions about their car and the types of conditions they'll be driving in, they'll see that you have a unique curiosity and interest in them. They believe their satisfaction is important to you. It puts them at ease and makes them feel a deep sense of trust. This is why when someone asks, what do you do for a living, you want to use it as a prime opportunity to establish a sense of trust and credibility. You want to get them actively involved with you as quickly as possible. Invest your time into learning about them, not talking about yourself. Establish trust by making them feel important. But of course, that's only half of it, because eventually you're going to get around to the part of the conversation where it's time for you to talk about you. Now, the same rules still apply here. Remember, their hopes and dreams at the start of this conversation is that it would be compelling for them. So far, you've done a good job by showing interest in them, but now, now that it's about you, you still want to keep this train rolling down that track. So if you aren't an astronaut or a stunt car driver or curing cancer or in a profession that offers its own unique level of fascination, you need to be able to serve up a compelling response to what do you do for a living? Aha! And now we have arrived at the crux of the conversation. I'm going to share with you the strategy I refer to as the lean-in. The lean-in is not a description of what you do, but an expression of what you do. When you use the lean-in effectively, it fires up people's curiosity about you and inspires their imagination. The lean-in makes you an object of their fascination and, most importantly, makes them want to know more about you. That's key because you always want your answers, leading them to ask more questions. And that's what the lean-in does. Let me explain how this works. So, back at the networking event, my new friend has been chatting it up about himself for quite a while. Based on what he said, I think there's a good opportunity for a growing business relationship. So, I'm invested. Finally, he says, what about you, Dan? What do you do? Instead of setting myself up for a dead-end conversation with, I'm in marketing, I use my lean-in, such as this. I'm an Uber driver for business. Now, there's a distinctive pause here while he's waiting for me to tell him more, 
to finish the joke or explain what I mean, but I don't. I've set up a puzzle in his mind, and his mind wants an answer. I can see him thinking, huh, now I know what an Uber driver is, but I don't get the business part. So what does he do? He leans in because he wants to know more. What do you mean by that, he says. And now I got him. Well, it's simple. I take your business from where it is to where it's supposed to be. That gives him a little more of the puzzle, but it isn't solved yet. Now he starts in with the questions. Are you a coach? No. A consultant? No. You sell training? No. It's kind of fun having him on the hook, but confusing him isn't going to help me in building a foundation for a healthy, growing business relationship. So, rather than keeping the game going, I launch right into being helpful. I use my specific knowledge and expertise to alleviate a problem or concern he's having. This is the most important part of the lean-in strategy. You get them on the hook by firing up their imagination and curiosity, but you move the relationship along by providing them with real value. I say, let me ask you a question. What's the biggest struggle you're facing in your business right now? It's not going to matter how he answers. Whatever it is, I'm pretty sure I can offer some direction in helping him to solve his problem. And even if I can't, I'm going to use my vast business network to hook him up with someone who can. Either way, I'm determined that he's going to walk away from our conversation in a better position than he was when he started. I'll keep talking and asking and digging and offering more suggestions. And remember, I have still yet to tell him what I do for a living. We might be 20 minutes into the conversation before he stops and says, wait a second, what do you do? And at that point, I have already showed him so much value, it's easy to say, I do this. I help my clients be more successful. I call it transformational marketing, exactly what I'm doing with you right now. He gets a live demo of my work, the value of my expertise, and I get a potential new client or a big fan excited to refer me to his friends and fellow business owners. Now, in teaching this technique in my seminars, I always get at least a few people who, like you may be thinking, say, that's great for you, Dan, but I'm a lawyer or electrical engineer or termite specialist. I can't do a live demonstration at a business event. But the truth is, yes, you can. Not in the same way, but all of us, every professional person has specific business knowledge and expertise that can wow, amaze, and be of service to others. We may not realize it ourselves because that expertise is so obvious to us. When I started mentioning to people how consumers make every buy-in choice based on emotion, not intellect, I couldn't believe how many people were floored by that. I thought it was perfectly obvious, but only because I live in that world every day. It's in my bones. But for some people, they've used that knowledge to change the entire direction of their sales process. So never doubt the value of the specialized information you have that you take for granted. What is obvious to us in our profession is often groundbreaking to the civilians. You'll see this once you start asking people about the places where they struggle in their professional or personal lives. 
and helping them with those things using your expertise. My client, the termite specialist, gives people handy tips for preventing infestations in their homes. My client, the electrical engineer, offers people ideas for cooler lighting that reduces their air conditioning bills at home. They offer suggestions obvious to them but are groundbreaking and inspiring for the people they help. The key here in making this lean-in strategy work is to never, ever, ever turn it into a sales process. If after all this, I were to say to the person I'm helping, so let's talk about you becoming a client, it would be like taking a wrecking ball to a beautiful home I had just built. All that trust, all that goodwill would come crashing down in an instant, and any hope I would have for developing an ongoing business relationship would be lost forever. Remember, this is not a sales meeting. It's a networking event. If he wants to work with me, he'll ask. So let's talk about how you can develop your own lean-in. The most important part of the lean-in is that it must be visual, and it must be a visual in which people are familiar. The moment I say Uber driver, you have an immediate picture in your head. I wouldn't want to say car service instead of Uber. It's not an immediate visual. In creating this visual puzzle, you need to use objects or things which people can immediately relate to as a metaphor. If I said, I'm a rechargeable digital camera battery for your business, well, they're lost, far too complicated, and not relatable. One client, an executive coach, started his lean-in with, I build ladders. That's terrific. We all know what a ladder looks like, and it's a very juicy metaphor for ascension. To get ideas for your lean-in, just look around you. Metaphors are everywhere. The sun, a filling station, camera, paintbrush, a garbage can, the choices are infinite. Now, the second part. This can either be a mixed metaphor, something that doesn't quite fit, or just something that expands on the original concept. The mixed metaphor is fun because it creates curiosity and confusion. When I say I'm an Uber driver for your business, it's two things put together that clearly don't fit. It's like saying I saw a grizzly bear with a horse's head. Now, you saw that image in your mind the moment I said it, but it doesn't make any sense. Your lean-in needs to set up a visual puzzle that their mind wants to solve. The other way of building your lean-in is to just expand on the concept. Here's another one I use. I help my clients step out onto the rickety rope bridge of success, holding their hand, guiding them, every step of the way. No juxtaposition here, just an expanded visual of me walking with someone on this dangerous bridge. It sets up the idea that I know what I'm doing and I can help them in areas where others have tremendous difficulty. The best piece of advice I can give you in establishing your lean-in is that if you're overthinking it, you must be overthinking it. Make it super simple. Do this. Say the words, I'm like a blank for your business. Then fill it in with whatever you like, whatever you see around you. I'm like a computer screen for your business. Nah. I'm like a shoe for your business. Uh-uh. I'm like a toilet for your business. Ugh. I'm like an elevator for your business. Whoa, hold on. 
Elevator. Now that sounds good. Now what? I take you up to the greatest heights where you truly want to be. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lean-in. It's that simple. If you don't work B2B, then substitute the word business for whatever fits. Instead of for your business, maybe it's for your home, or for your family, or for your children, or for you. My termite specialist says, I'm a protective shield for your family. Beautiful. Instead of filling people's minds with images of disgusting little bugs eating away at their homes, she puts the focus on a vision of safety and order. Effective business networking isn't about getting clients or closing deals. The reason that so many people hate networking is that it's treated like a sales meeting, and it's not. Networking is a simple practice of planting the seeds and little else. There's no ROI here. Get that out of your head. Those seeds may sprout into a developing business relationship, but mostly, they won't. So why do it then? For the same reason that you go to the gym, you take a walk, or have a glass of water with lunch instead of a chocolate shake. Networking is good for you. It's a learning environment where you develop your skills for better business interactions. Look, you'll never play smoke on the water after your first guitar lesson. It takes practice, and that's what business networking offers you. Practice. So, what do you do for a living? It doesn't matter. Engage, entertain, enthrall, fire up people's curiosity, and inspire their imagination. Converse with your contemporaries and learn to be the bell of the ball. Focus on being helpful and watch your business grow. I hope this podcast was helpful for you. For more great content, please visit our site at transformationalmarketing.guru.